0: Edwin Frondozo on the Business Leadership Podcast every week for a unique program featuring insights and actionable items from the world's most successful business leaders. Hear firsthand the exclusive interviews and personal journeys on how today's transformational leaders made it to the top.
1: Hey, everybody, it's me, it's Edwin, and thank you for joining me for another episode of the Business Leadership Podcast. Really excited, episode 18. My guest, Jeff Cates, he's the president and CEO of Intuit Canada, a software development company that produces premier brands such as TurboTax, QuickBooks, and Mint. It was really great to sit down with him, hear how he grew as a leader working at global organizations like HP and Apple, places where he learned something from each company that helped him develop his current leadership style. Under Jeff's leadership, Intuit Canada has actually risen to become the top place to work in Canada as ranked by the Great Place to Work Institute. He's responsible for helping the company become recognized as the nation's undisputed financial solutions leader in every market it serves by leading a team of over 400 employees dedicated to simplifying the business of life. He shares great insights on growing a great culture. I hope you enjoy this episode. Before getting started, I want to say thanks to my media partners, IT World Canada, for the support of the podcast. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you again for taking the time to join us on the Business Leadership Podcast. I'm really excited to have you and and really eager to hear about your journey and your experiences. But before we get started, Jeff... Let's start off by telling the listeners, who, who is Jeff? Who are you? What do you like to do uh, outside of, of your professional setting? Sure. Uh, well, my uh,
0: I guess my background in, in two minutes or less is uh, I grew up in Sarnia, so uh, close to Michigan. And my dad was in engineering. My mom was in nursing, so a little bit of care and logic kind of built in. Uh, grew up in a small town outside of a small town, so Midhurst outside of Barrie. Barrie was the big town, so I grew up saying hi to everybody on the street and leaving the doors unlocked. Did a lot of uh, entrepreneurial stuff as a kid. Uh, went to McMaster. Uh, thought I was gonna continue on the entrepreneur path. Started up a business with a couple of guys. And then uh, an internship started up at, uh, at Mac with Hewlett Packard. That was the first one into the program. And it was in their medical division. And Hewlett Packard, I was like, oh, the founders of the Silicon Valley and medical. Uh, and then they ended up hiring me on the day I graduated. Uh, 15 years later, I was still there. And much of who I am as a leader is is from that. Um, I married my wife while at HP. She ran the fitness center and she agreed to date me despite the fact that my socks were apparently rolled up too high. All three <laughs> kids were born uh, who are a little bit older now. Um, I went to Apple. My kids cried when I left HP. They got over it when I brought the iPods home. And then I went to uh, to Intuit and um, I feel like Intuit is like a blend of Apple and the value system of HP, which is wonderful. My kids uh, have not quite uh, gotten excited about tax software, but I'm hoping that QuickBooks Self-Employed or QuickBooks Online is in their future, at least for one of them. And uh, now my kids are a bit older, they're 17, 15, 11, so boy, girl, boy. And uh, much of my time is spent uh, with them, you know, making up for the fact that uh, I do a fair amount of travel and business uh, engagement and stuff like that. But uh, I'd have it no other way. It's um, it's a great balance.
1: Currently, you're president of Intuit Canada, so I'd like to start off if just discussing your current role right now, and perhaps if you could share with us your mission, what what you see or your vision with with Intuit Canada now.
0: Sure. Yeah, well, we have uh, over 400 employees now in, in Canada, uh, we serve three predominant groups, uh, consumers, small businesses, uh, self-employed as part of that, and, or in between those two segments, and uh, accountants. And with that, we make quite a few products that are unique to Canada, and then there's other products that are made for the globe where we just tailor them to the local country. So QuickBooks, TurboTax, Profile, Mint are all kind of the big brand names. Uh, And I'm responsible for the overall... Um, products and experiences we deliver in the country and the employees that include both employees focused on delivering for Canadians, as well as global teams that are responsible for building out offerings or support infrastructure um, for uh, customers around the world.
1: Big juggling act. Is this something that you were already born with or did you, did you have to? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I kind of picked up different pieces, if you
0: will, along the way. But, um, you know, much of of where I spend my time and how I spend my time in particular around building the organization is based on what type of organization I'd want to work for. And so I think back to what Hewlett Packard was like when I was 24 uh, and just getting started and all the way through to, you know, uh, more mid-career. And I think, man, I want to create a company that I would want to work for uh, and a company that gives back to the community that, um, has a mission to actually help, um, help, whether it be small businesses or consumers, uh, have a better life. And in many ways, that's what we do. And I'm, I'm blessed because I've, I work for an organization that naturally is just really good at it. Um, but as our founder would say, um, uh, we, uh, you know, we, we bring you to the track and we, you know, we give you the shoes, uh, but you run your own race. And so to some extent, I think that is the case that, um, we look at how can we make a bigger impact, uh, in the country and help more Canadians and, and, in many ways, that's what really drives me. And in particular, as a failed small business owner, I've always had this pull of like going back and and running my own business. And I feel blessed that I'm in a role where I can help now hundreds of thousands of small businesses. And so the things like mentoring startups and, and being on boards and things like that, to me are just chances to to play that bigger role.
1: I love how you mentioned that you were wanted to build an organization, one that you wanted to work for. And one thing that was just newly no- noted recently, was that Intuit Canada was rated number one best workplace in Canada, so congratulations on that. I mean, that's a distinction that I th- do believe, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff, that improved year over year. I think last year, I think it was number two on the list, so can you discuss how you were able to lead the, the organization through this transformation? Sure, yeah, well, um, we,
0: as a company, we strive to be in top 10. And, and really, at the end of the day, that's that really should be our goal. Although everybody wants to be number one, um, last year we actually weren't number two. We were forty-four, which is an interesting story unto itself. But uh, for most of the six years I've been here, we have been in the top ten. Um, before I started, we were in the twenties, and what I found is we're very goal-oriented, so we wanted to be in the top 10. We've kind of studied what what does the top 10 look like? And most companies that are on Great Place to Work do have that, create awesome jobs, usually are really good at uh, developing good managers, have role clarity, uh, have good visions for the company. That's like, you kind of have to have all of those things to be on the top 50. But the ones that are in the top 10 have a little something extra. They're really focused on awesome environments. They really care about giving back to the community and really showing up for that, not just like a, a program that gives time back, but actually really advocate for it. They embrace uh, an environment where you can create. It's not just a, a, an office of a part of a multinational, but you're actually looking to innovate across your organization. Um, and they connect with employees' hearts through things like what we would call networks, but connecting around passions outside of the job that that create an even stronger connection to the company. So those are some of the the roots really that we focused on continuing to amplify and learning from other companies. And I attribute our continued
1: progress on those things is what got us to number one. No, that's, that's really awesome. I know I read something about that passion networks, those groups that you, that you have, maybe not you implemented, but the company implemented that brings people together. So can you share us the secret, how, how, how that was rolled out and, uh, how it improved actually the, the workplace? Sure. Yeah. We have, hmm, probably 10 might even be more
0: than that. Um, different networks, uh, ranges, uh, women's network, uh, pride network, green, India, Muslim, so a variety of different things, you know, from caring about the environment to religion to a region like India. Um, so it, it's it's quite diverse. Largely, it comes down to where your employee population has interests and passions outside of work. And our role really is to help just facilitate their Ability to get together and not only learn together, but also to contribute back to the diversity of our organization. So, for example, every network is given time to do a town hall or a, or a social with the entire site. So they often will educate. On whatever their passion is. So it might be how to make the world a better place as green, or maybe it's women in technology for the, the women's network. So they'll pick different things where they want to engage the company or they want to teach. And it's wonderful. Um, so many ways we're just helping facilitate the passion that our employees already have.
1: Oh, that's great. So you give them that avenue. People who have a voice not only could find the peers within their workspace. Yeah but they are also feel confident to share it with everyone else in the organization. Yeah. And I know even for myself, that would be great because you're, you're going to learn more about the people you're working with. And the more you learn about people, yeah. the more you want to work for them and work with them and, and try to grow and, and be bigger. But I guess what I'm really curious about, getting that number one spot, and I know being top 10 is is the goal, but what else has did the organization do to separate itself to, to, to get to that level this year? Sure. Um, the
0: so actually the history on the forty the forty four comment I think it was forty four. We we actually went through a really it was an easy decision but a hard one. We moved a lot of roles from the Edmonton office to the Mississauga office, and this was really important because we, we we're increasingly focused on bringing customers in and showing code as we develop or experiences as they develop and getting rapid feedback so that we're moving as fast as we can, driven by customer insights. And that gets really hard to do when you have distributed teams. So it's a really, really, really hard decision, first of all, to move those roles. But then we were faced with the, oh, right after we informed like 80 people that their roles were gonna move, uh, then we said, "Hey, why don't you take this external survey and tell us what you think about it?" <laughs> um, and so I'm I'm hugely proud of the fact that we stayed in 50 and how we managed that because uh, that's really 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 tough, especially for a value centric company like Intuit but the the core things that we do the focus on networks giving back to the community clear vision focusing on innovation uh creating awesome environments to work in all of those things we just continue to stay focused on them amplify learn from other great companies like google and microsoft other top 10 companies continuing to improve them and net
1: net good good behavior drives good outcomes over time and so that big decision to to move everyone from Edmonton or at least the roles from Edmonton brought you down just to get it all right to, to 44. But because of the value systems you have here and the programs, it was able to elevate and come back to number one because it was like a bounce back, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a big bounce back. It made for a very nervous night, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't even imagine. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, you and I... Know each other through the Startup Canada community. And yeah. recently I heard you speak at the Startup Canada Innovation Forum where actually I learned more about you, Jeff. Yeah. Um, and the shared connections you have with the community. And you, you mentioned it earlier about being an entrepreneur. And I did not, I, I had no idea that you had that in your past lives, but it actually makes sense for me. Uh, the work you're doing with Startup Canada and the passion you bring to it. I guess what I'm curious is to find out how. I want to just elaborate. And you mentioned you had a failed venture. So how did that actually help you grow as a business leader today? Yeah,
0: well, one, it gives a ton of empathy for what it's like to be a small business owner and what you're thinking about at what time. Um, It's interesting because... I hadn't really spent a lot of time thinking about it, or even the other stuff that I did kind of entrepreneurially and self-employed either. It's all kind of like, well, that was in a different phase of my life and it's kind of bucketed. And it wasn't until some employees started probing on it and asking me about it. I'm like, oh yeah, actually that's really interesting. Uh, and it actually started to make me realize how much of how I think now is shaped by those experiences I had before. Um, So things like, for example, financial literacy, and just my view of like, how do you, you know, we know from small businesses that financial literacy is one of the most important things or building financial management skills is one of the most important things that they should do early because it only gets harder. I'm like... Yeah. Amen. I remember that. <laughs> that was that was a big stressor for us. Cash flow and trying to get capital and um that was really big. Um, but also like what were we interested in at the time? If you came to me and talked about, you know, trying to scale, when we weren't at the scale phase, I, I just wouldn't have registered. So there is something about knowing the life cycle and, and the stages and the mentality of entrepreneurs that it's much easier to grasp that when you've lived, you know, walked a mile in their shoes. So there's a bit of that, um, of course. And then, again, there's also this, like, just bigger drive of this constant, like, hey, should I, you know, go do my own tech startup from the ground up? Wouldn't that be uh, interesting? And then, then there's this other side saying, but, man, I can I can help the Canadian economy, uh, much more and play a bigger role by finding ways to help other small businesses. And so I'm really glad that I've got that in my history and I'm thankful to the employees for helping me unpack it and make me think about um, why I think the way I think and, and even helping me even think about it more. And uh, yeah, I, I, you know your experiences make you stronger and that's uh, certainly one. It was painful. I mean, it was super exciting and uh, very stressful at the same time. Uh, I still remember reusing coffee filters. Uh, we weren't exactly that desperate, but it tells you the mindset. Um, but still, it's it's. Uh, I'm envious of all all small business owners that are going through that. I empathize with them, and I'm very envious of them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's amazing, and and definitely could relate being an entrepreneur in terms of the pain, the stress, and really thinking about the financial literacy. You mentioned a number of things, the coffee filters. Do you remember any specific? Time uh, or experiences being that young entrepreneur that that really that you look back and I know you mentioned it was people on your team who brought it back to service that the mm-hmm. relationship but the, after this time and thinking about it was there any specific experience I know some people talk about going to a bank and trying to get a loan and it mm-hmm. never happened mm-hmm. or or getting a million no's before you get a yes or yeah. is there anything? that still comes to mind to you today?
0: Well, there, there's some things that, again, I, that the, the more I diagnosed it, the more like I pulled, you know, tease things out that I was like, oh yeah, that was a really good learning. I didn't even know that's where I learned it. Um, one was the cash flow, right? Like we, that became explicit when we went for a loan that we didn't have a strong enough business plan and hadn't and thought through. And that's obviously pretty common for businesses. And often that is the trigger point. Um, f- uh, financing of one sort or another. You know, another one was when I step back and say, "Why didn't I stick with it? Like, why was I lured to HP or corporate life?" And part of it was we hadn't actually come up with an inspiring vision that could last us through temptations or downturns. Right? If if all three of us would have said, "This thing is going to look like this in five years or in ten years." Um, that actually would have been motivating just to ourselves. And so it just makes you realize that how important it is to, to paint that ideal picture, whether you have a partner or even just for yourself. So you know what you're working for, especially also important for your spouse or your loved ones. Um, so that they know what you're working for. Um, cause there is trial, there is ups and downs and it, it's good to keep an eye on what the long,
1: long game is. The first start of that is understanding what the long game is. You're now on the board of Startup Canada. I'd love to get your thoughts on how this organization is making a difference within the entrepreneur world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. When I first met Victoria,
0: who's the CEO of Startup Canada, it was at a economic event in uh, Ottawa. And we had invited her to be at the table. And the folks that were kind of prepping me for the meeting. We're like, oh, don't spend too much time. We're not really sure if this thing she's got in mind is really gonna take off. Uh, uh, And I literally had a five minute conversation, which like quickly turned into an hour and a half lunch uh, and really was the birth of what the relationship is today, which is, you know, really continued support from Intuit since inception through today. And, and it, it is because I am a strong and, and we are a strong believer in, and what startup Canada does there. Are, we are blessed with many great organizations in Canada from the local innovators and acceleration centers like communitech and Mars and notman House. I mean, there's quite a few really notable ones and that, you know, from my perspective, um, are at the leaders in globally. And then we also have really established organizations like BDC and Futurepreneur. And they also have like this really wonderful role they play in terms of helping amplify the small business success rate and growth. What I love about Startup Canada is that it is a grassroots organization and it's largely creating connections and energy and, and driving that in, in large cities down to very tiny cities. And so just that entrepreneurial nature enables different people to connect that normally may not find a home in these kind of bigger organizations. So that's really important. Two, they're kind of me to the ultimate lobbyist for the startup and they play a unique role there. And I think they're really the only ones that really play a really like super active role. And then the third is they're very good at finding, you know, relationships like ours where they say, Hey, if we work together and we'll only work with companies that really have a passion to help small businesses, but we'll help figure out how we can take something that you can do that helps the helps the industry and we'll we'll give you a platform to help grow that out. So for us it's been financial literacy. You know I have a huge passion for that, but it's been a wonderful partnership with them to figure out how do we do that and continue to do it at, at a bigger level to have
1: a bigger impact um, on small business success rate. So you mentioned financial literacy and the impact that Startup Canada is providing through entrepreneurships throughout the country from these partnerships and the passion you have and the work you're doing with Intuit Canada, helping small businesses, where do you see or how do you see what still needs to be done?
0: Well, I think, first of all, I think overall Canada should look with pride at the infrastructure we have. I also think the government's doing a number of things uh, right in terms of driving investment in areas, in particular things like AI that are our future and are areas that we should see more startups kind of rally behind in terms of developing solutions that will be sought globally. So many, many good things there, both private and public and supported by infrastructure. The areas that we must get better is more of that Series B, Series C funding, you know helping not the not the first couple of rounds but actually the bigger scale rounds and making it easier to to drive for that two is helping more canadian companies think bigger to drive for scale which largely means think export earlier um it's much easier for a us company to work within the bounds of their country and get massive scale which then can allow them to go to other countries already at scale. With a population of whatever it is, thirty plus plus 34 million, it's harder to get breakthrough scale without tackling what comes with international expansion. And so we must get better at that. And part of that comes by mentors and trusted advisors and government all helping to advocate and make it easier and give confidence. Those two things in particular, the funding and building that confidence and capability, to, ability to scale faster, th- those are the areas that we actually could get much better. We're pretty good at startups. We need to get better at helping startups get to that really high um, value level back to the Canadian economy.
1: Right. So it sounds like we're going more upmarket now in terms of the support that the entrepreneurial community in Canada needs now because. There's so many services and, and providers and and communities now. Is that correct? Yeah, I think we must continue to
0: refine the, those those infrastructure or programs that we have in place and continue to you know make them more effective. I think again, organizations like Startup Canada that are getting that broadening that reach even to smaller community centers is really important. But yes, it's it's putting more energy towards uh the funnel, if you will, uh, further down in the funnel of helping more scale and uh, and create more jobs, and and hopefully keeping them in Canada as well as they get to that point. Yeah, and I, again, I think if you if you can bring the funding in Canada and you can help the scale happen earlier in Canada, you won't get that natural pull, uh, or you will, but 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 you'll you'll lessen the impact of that natural pull that comes with. Uh, yeah, sure, we'll give you funding, but you know need to move down to the valley.
1: I'd like to just go back. I know you mentioned when we started that you started your career at HP and you moved over to to Apple Canada and you were in Apple, you were leading their division. I'd love to learn more if about those experiences, especially in HP. You spent a lot of time there and then you moved up. Uh, you got more responsibilities in Apple. And I want to know how you grew as a leader. It, was there any specific things that you did that helped you rise up, into, rise up within an organization? Mm-hmm um with HP my my early years at HP
0: were really rapid. Um, in short what would happen is I I would learn I had so much to learn and I still have so much to learn but um, I would say hey that's a really interesting area we should go do that and I would, take that on in addition to my day job. And then my role would split. And then I would say, oh, this this needs to be done. And I would take that on and then it would, that would build out and then my role would split. And so the first years, it was, you know, a, the number of business cards I had was quite remarkable. Uh, I, n- I never got through the pack. Uh, and that, that's when business cards mattered a bit more. Um, and then that base uh, helped me open up more doors, right? The fact that I tried so many different things Uh, helped increase the chances that I would be successful moving up the organization and more people would consider me. So I think that was really, really important. And I had a lot of good mentors kind of helping me chart those paths. But in general, it was just a natural curiosity and a drive to continue to do and make an impact. Uh, HP overall really had a lasting impact in terms of the importance of many of those things that I said were in top 10, were HP traits. Um, you know, they did breakfasts, you know, free breakfast just to get people to mingle, the management by walking around, um, things like the networks, we care, good back. HP were the, like in many ways, the founders of that in the tech Valley, all of those great best practices. Um, so a lot of that, that whole, you know, don't just connect at the job level or connect at the wallet, connect at the heart. That's all HP. That was the HP way. Um, Apple, what I took away from Apple is the t- the the courage to look beyond what the customers asking for now. You know, we're a very customer feedback centric organization as Intuit. Apple was really good at don't just ask the customer what they want. Think ahead of the customer of what will they want. And I think that's that that's really really powerful and that's what enables organizations to transform industries and not continue to iterate and so that that was really big, and how they did that was really really uh, interesting, but also the tenacity around the brand experience. You know, I went from HP, where largely we won because we were so nimble and and worked collaboratively with partners to to win together. With Apple, it was very much what's the experience we want to deliver. And if you don't want to work with us to deliver that experience, that's no problem. We'll, we'll go somewhere else. But it was that just like tenacity of what does an awesome experience look like? And, and don't second guess it and don't, don't settle was really important. And I, I think that was a really good takeaway from Apple. There's a balance, of course, but really being passionate and deliberate about the experiences is definitely something that, uh, I'll continue to take away from that experience.
1: I mean, it's really interesting. It sounds like the combined experience from HP and Apple, you first off, you learned how good or great organizations run internally. And then with Apple, you really see how a brand or an organization really thinks with the customer and even ahead of that. And, and it's a really great experience and one that you probably brought onto your role today. Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah. I, I joined into it. In part because of the allure of building um, products for Canadians, by Canadians in Canada, uh, helping to take the company global, but in many ways is that that opportunity to innovate and, and really do what I call big eye innovation and small eye innovation. And um, it's a, you know it's a mashup. it's how do you build this wonderful company that's value-centric that has all these wonderful things that get you to number one as a great place to work. While also continuing to drive for innovation and find new ways to serve customers and, and, and deliver delight that helps, uh, helps your organization continue to, to, to thrive. Intuit is one of, I think, eight companies, software companies that have made it past 30 years. And it's that constant push to learn and to be really focused locally on how we better serve our customers as leaders in the countries our role is to help make sure we're driving that all the way down to those individual country needs
1: no well, thanks for sharing that and one thing you just mentioned and it's really interesting and and sort of mind-blowing is is when you mentioned we're one of the software companies that are that made it to 30 years which is really not a lot not a long time but if you think about that that's a pretty big accomplishment if you could even I can't even name it right now. Many software's that came and gone on a heartbeat. So it's really great to see what's happening here at Intuit Canada. One thing I love I'd love to find out more about who who are your biggest influences now when it become when it comes to business leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, in
0: many ways, the the people that have had the biggest impact on my life from a business perspective have been the CEOs of the organizations i worked for. And whether that's just through the cultures they created, or it's actually direct impact with them. You know, Bill and Dave, again, around building an enduring culture that lasted over and continues to last over decades. Uh, much of that, much of, again, how who I am as a core leader is, is from their influence. Uh, Steve Jobs from that, again, that ability to think ahead of the customer and that obsession over brand, um, hugely inspiring. And, you know, one of the most impactful leaders that continues to have an impact on my life is Brad Smith, our CEO. Uh, I have not seen a better CEO than Brad Smith. He is masterful at inspiring, driving alignment. Thinking short and long, balancing across our four shareholders. Just every meeting, I come away thinking, man, I, I have so much more to
1: learn, and that's
0: great. That's 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 a that's a good way to
1: be. No, it's definitely. You always have to strive and learn, and it's always great to have amazing mentors and people you work with. And and I know a lot of leaders as well do a lot a lot of reading. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm curious if there are any books that you're reading right now when it comes to business leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my,
0: my favorite author is Jim Collins and, and uh, Good to Great is uh, I'd say arguably my most favorite book. I'm a big fan of Lencioni as well the five dysfunctions of a team and the advantage in particular um, but I, I read you know, I've read all of his stuff um, I really like behavioral economists I, think I always find that fascinating Dan Ariely Malcolm Gladwell um, that, any, any new stuff they come out with I, I, I love reading I think it gives you better insights on how people tick and I like books that are about brain function and neuroscience, and I really geek out on that stuff. So Super Brain, and well, there's quite a few of them, but just things that help you understand how you tick, how others tick, um, connecting kind of the this, this science of uh, how we operate with the you know art of how we operate. And I, I'm just fascinated by that stuff as well.
1: One thing I've heard over and over again is a good leader is one that is able to create good leaders as well, or great leaders Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So what do you look for in people within your organizations, in your team, or, or pinpoint someone who could be a potential leader or who may be a good leader right now? Like, what do you look for?
0: Yeah, you know, there are a lot of different, well, first of all, there's a lot of different behavioral styles and the behavioral style show up differently in terms of how they lead. And what I found over time is any leader, uh, any behavioral style can be a good leader, uh, quite frankly. And in general, it's those that have really strong strengths in those areas, uh, whatever their behavioral style are, that really stand out. So it can be a driver style or a relator style or expressive or analytical. And, um, so, although those that have the strongest strengths are the ones that stand out, every strength casts a shadow, and so it's the ability of the leaders to play to their strengths, while also being cognizant of their shadows and adapting to other people, uh, other styles. Those are the ones that I find are are the most successful. So, I think that that in its core is is really. Uh, What I'm looking for is those that know know how to shine on their strengths, but also learn how to adapt. And we're in a SaaS business that moves super fast. Um, So those that are, you know, customer obsessed, employee obsessed, data obsessed, um, moving fast, you know, based on real insights, um, that's super important for our company. And well, probably is important for any kind of company for that matter. But in particular for software companies, it's, it's, it's,
1: it's a must. So what's next for you, Jeff? What do you have your sights on? Whether it's through business, entrepreneurial communities, or or personally.
0: Yeah, well, uh, that's a that's a uh, something I think about a lot, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't I don't have any uh, a shortage of of things things that um, kind of take up my time, but. Um, there's a couple of areas that I'm, I'm super passionate about kind of outside of work. One is financial literacy for small businesses, which uh, you, you've heard me talk about before. And I really have a dream of like where this could go and if we could turn this into a movement, how we really could make not only a massive impact in Canada, but around the globe. So, So that's one area that I'm really working with. Other organizations to figure out how we all row together to make the maximum impact. Lately, I, I also sit on the government's uh, financial steering committee, the FCAC's steering committee, and that's actually given me really new insights into the importance, in particular, of unemployed, uh, low-income minorities to do their taxes to get access to our wealth distribution system. You know, much of our programs that where we redistribute wealth or, or aid is based on taxes. And I never really thought about that before until joining this committee. And so it's got me thinking, yeah, sure, we do our part with, you know, free tax software and trying to make it easy. Um, but I think there are other ways as well that we can, we as society can help. And I'm now looking at how can we use technology to help some of these other things like tax clinics be more scalable and more effective. And so I'm just at the early stages in that, but I, I, I think there's a real breakthrough that we could have there that would be really impactful. For our organization, I'm looking at how do we 5X the business. And so that that uh, that is taking up a few hours. And uh, and then my kids, you know, they're at this wonderful stage where they're about to head off into university, at least my oldest. And so um, I'm also making sure that I'm trying to grasp every meaningful hour with them before I kind of lose them out of my life for a period of time. So,
1: yeah. Well, man, Jeff, thank you again for your time. But before we end do you have any final thoughts, observations, any, anything, any actual recommendations that you could give the future business leaders uh, who are looking to grow their career?
0: Sure. Well, um, much like the comment, if you're, if you're starting a small business or running a small business or a business owner, you know those things that I called out earlier around, have a vision of where you want to go. And that, that could be a business vision or a personal vision, but be purposeful, be deliberate, know where you want to go. Be considerate of, of the balance of where you put your energy, and both kind of short and long. I think that that's really important. And again, if you're a business leader, recognize that employees must come first. Um, you know, we always say that our employees are our air, our customers are our water, and our shareholders, uh, shareholders are our food. Uh, you can only get so far without air. You can get a little bit longer uh, with water or without water and you can go even longer without food. But if you don't think about them in those ways, then you'll, you'll have a problem. So make sure that you're spending your time um, in recognizing those priorities.
1: Those would be the big things that I would, I would push for and stay curious. Stay curious. Perfect. I love that. But to close, Jeff, please tell us where we can find more information about you, Intuit Canada, some of the special initiatives that you're getting yourself into and anything you'd love to share with with our listeners today
0: Mm, well uh, google (laughs) linked linkedin (laughs) LinkedIn. Um, i'm on twitter and um, usually startup canada and the fcac and a few other organizations like that do a good job um, featuring their reports but uh, yeah i I, i'd say follow follow the organizations like startup canada and into it that's what really matters less about me Um, But uh, I hope that I can help influence those organizations to make a a bigger contribution to Canada.
1: I love it. Thank you for joining the show, Jeff. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the episode. How'd you like that? Just just wow. So much insight here. Just hearing Jeff talk about the culture in HP and the customer focus from Apple was just enough to take home for me. If you're interested to hear more about Jeff into it, and all the initiatives he's involved with, please go to thebusinessleadership.com/slash-zero-one-eight for episode eighteen. I would love to hear from you. Please reach out directly via email. You could send it right to me to Edwin at thebusinessleadership.com. We're currently serving our listeners to learn more about you. Please take a few minutes to visit our website and and click the link on the side that says survey on the homepage. Thank you again. And until next time, Edwin signing off. Thank you for listening to the business leadership podcast at the businessleadership.com.